Could you try talking again? Oh, yeah, you're doing the you're doing the bad thing. How about now? Much better. Okay. Oh, just it just fucked up again. Nope. Um, I'm just getting just getting robot noise. Hello. Hello, I can hear you. You sounded like a person. Okay, good. Why does that keep happening to you? I think it's when I update Discord and don't restart. That's super weird. I think we should be good now. All right. Should we just jump in? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll do the intro. <clears throat> Welcome to the latest adventure in podcasting. Journey with us across time as we explore the rich 14-year history of Stranded. In order to look forward, we must first look back. This is Stranded Through History. Season 3. Stranded in Peru. Welcome back to the third edition of our new series, Stranded Through History. Joining us tonight is the lead Stranded archivist and my co-host, Levita. Hello, hello. Today's history lesson will be about Season 3 of Stranded, Stranded in Peru, originally titled Stranded Partners in Peru. Let's journey back in time to March 30th, 2008, one month after the finale of season two, Stranded in Aruba. Obviously, we had tight turnarounds on these earlier seasons. Sometimes we do four in a year. Um, Now it's closer to three. Um, Going into the third season, this would be the origin of several Stranded staples. This is the first partner season of Stranded and the beginning of that twist, which we'd see in subsequent seasons. Born of the partner season of Big Brother, and years before Survivor Blood versus Water, the idea would be that partners would start on opposing tribes and would be able to communicate via a shared forum. The last remaining partnership in the game would receive hidden immunity idols. Now they receive immunity necklaces. This is also the first season where we do Prisoner's Dilemma, a twist repeated in most Stranded seasons, uh, as well as countless other online games, even branching out into the real Survivor most recently, all stemming from Stranded in Peru. And yes, you heard that right. We did consult with Survivor and it was influential in the newest season, Survivor 41. Humble brag. You got to. But that all stems from Stranded in Peru. So we're going to talk about that as well as you'll see some iconic characters in Courtney, Lil, Krista, and Amanda. And of course, the birth of the Scooby-Doo reveal. If all that is not reason enough, you're about to find out what makes this one of my all-time favorite seasons of Stranded. Before we begin with the recap, Levita, how did you feel about this season after reading through what there was of it? Oh, I mean, it just got better and better from season one to season two to season three. This is the last season in a while that we have a full write-up for, um, or almost full. The finale isn't quite finished yet, so there is no final tribal council, unfortunately. But it did have everything else in great detail, and this is the season of public callouts and just insane players. It was really fun to read through. I think it was obvious that there were icons born here who, you know, are still around to this day. 
um, and people like mm-hmm. Courtney. So uh, I think it was a it was a really fun read. And I think this was the season where I really saw Stranded Roots the most, if that makes sense. Like, as you said, with The Prisoner's Dilemma, the partner's twist, you really see a lot of these things that become staples throughout the history of Stranded really originate and make their mark here and show why they reappear so many times throughout later seasons. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think really up until this point, it was we were kind of figuring it out. And this seems to be like this weird mixture of the first two seasons where you have all the uh, very personal fighting and public callouts and that kind of thing. But then we also have like a lot of flip flopping and rapid gameplay from players. So that'll be fun to talk about. I think, like you said, this is most reminiscent of a stranded season, whereas I think the first two got off to uh, not a slow start, but it was just a very different um, type of game. Uh, let's go ahead and start the recap. With episode one, we have the partners in this season. They were kind of all somewhere handpicked, somewhere put together, somewhere like enemies, somewhere good friends. So I'll list them out like this. So I have from Form Games Central, friends Amanda and Tawana. From Survivor Sucks, rivals PG and Andrew. Rivals from Stranded in Aruba, Cindy and Brianna. Newbies, Chicken and Fairplay. Uh, veteran gamers, Krista and Todd. Rivals of the pre-Stranded series, Courtney and Lil. Notorious Sucksters, Crazy James, uh, <laughs> Crazy James, Crazy Dave and Austin, and James and Ryan of Clubs That Suck. You also see, like, we have a lot of players in this particular season that are still gaming, and you know, I think James had only come back once from Stranded, but. We just played a game with him on uh, Orgy. So you'll see like a lot of these players. I think Kitty Pride, who plays Krista, is still around. Uh, Crazy Dave would go on to like host his own series and be um, a legendary gamer. So a lot of these players are. It was just a really good cast. What happened to Lil? Lil, I get Lil back in All Stars 2, All Stars 1, and Rivals. And I think that Rivals is her last. I know he, uh, his wife was like disabled, so he cared for her. So he didn't really have a ton of time to game after a certain season. I think her health kind of declined. Oh. But uh, I still hear from him every now and then. I mean, I think he still exists. He just doesn't have, he's like a full-time caretaker, so. That's fair. But yeah, with the um, that was the partners. I thought it was a really interesting mix of like people who had been online friends for a while, people who'd been rivals in previous games, and then just complete strangers as well in terms of because Krista and Todd were both um, veteran gamers. I think you said, but they didn't know each other. Right. Yeah, and it was actually a little bit more. It's like each pairing had their own quirk about them. Like it wasn't like all. There's no one pair that was the same as another in terms of their pairing. You know, we had like an FGC team, clubs that suck. We had veteran gamers, complete newbies. You know, so it was like each one had a little. It was almost like an amazing race <laughs> casting. So that was a little interesting. I think you know nowadays we try to stick to like one theme, but it's kind of cool to see the beginning of that. Just like a grab bag of different personalities. So on the Andoa tribe, we split them up just like they do on Blood versus Water. Of course, this was much earlier than that. Andoa will always were green and consist of Amanda, Chicken, Cindy, Courtney, Dave, James, PG, and Todd. 
Just to run through the highlights of this tribe in this episode, Courtney and Amanda immediately form an alliance. Courtney reaches out and adds James to that alliance. And then soon Chicken asks Amanda for an alliance. So they kind of become this four. I did think it was interesting that Brianna and Cindy both decide to play dumb about being in the second season of Stranded. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. And I know they get away with it on their initial tribes, I think, where, you know, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, there was a previous Brianna. Oh, that's so strange. But it seems like it would be pretty easy to just kind of cross-reference like, oh, wow, you have a Brianna and a Sydney, and this is a partner season, and they had beef on season two. Hmm, I wonder if they might be the same people. Yeah, and I wonder like how much of that, I don't think that they get away with that now, given that they're like podcasts and write-ups and everything, but uh, I wonder at the time how much of this information about Stranded Seasons was out there, outside of maybe like a thread on Survivor Sucks, you know, so... I, you know, if people weren't willing to do the research or dig too deep, it wasn't readily available. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, too, it's like they weren't, you know, huge characters on their original season. They both went out fairly early in season two. And I don't know that people would have. They were technically the first returnees ever on Stranded. Oh, what a <laughs> At legacy. least the first official returnees. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. And they end up not making a big impact on this season either. Spoiler alert. I don't know how consequential it was, but yes, the first uh, second chances for all stars, really. We'll go with second chances. No, no, not really all stars. Yeah, I think second chances is a good is a good way to put it. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Amarano tribe, which will always wear tan. We have Andrew, Krista, Cindy, Fairplay, Lil, Austin, Ryan, and Tawana. Immediately, Dave and Lil get into it at the immunity challenge iconic yeah dave was dave is really one for doing that for um initiating public public confrontations with opposing tribe mates yes dave makes a big impact right away flames out quickly but he will be back in stranded to make a big impact but at this point he's kind of like a a quirky pre-merge character so we see dave and lil fight dave we'll talk more about in the next episode but dave really kind of rubs everyone the wrong way immediately which i mean if you're in a cast with amanda and lil that's impressive Amanda wins the immunity for Andoa. Andrew, Lil, and Krista form an alliance after the immunity challenge. Uh, Lil complains about the challenge fairness. So again, we see a challenge call issue in Stranded leading to like a public display of anger. A staple of Stranded, to be honest. It doesn't, you <laughs> yeah, know. That's it, true. It continues throughout throughout Stranded history. You will see disagreements with challenge fairness. So although with this season, it gets... <laughs> we'll talk about Courtney later, but... <laughs> The amount of accusations made against production this season. <laughs> I think, to be honest, the worst of it was probably the first season. <laughs> I don't think yeah, we'll, true. <laughs> we'll ever reach uh, Gretchen levels of complaining, but um, complaining for sure. It happens this season. Um, so it says Krista hates Dave and is pissed off at the tribe's performance. Uh, Cindy also lies about not playing in Stranded and gets away with it for now. Krista decides that she would rather have Cindy or Fairplay leave. And Lil is sus that Krista is pushing so hard for Cindy over Tawana, who isn't around. Yeah, so this whole first round was really kind of fun to read through because it sounds like there were like these three people, Lil, Andrew, and Krista, who were like super around on their eight-person tribe. And everyone else was 
incredibly inactive by comparison to those three. And so they're all like, okay, we'll vote for the last person who shows up. Or if nobody shows up, that's an easy vote. And it's almost like a sitcom in terms of how it read, where it's like, this person showed up. And they're like, okay, we'll vote out, you know, Tawana. Then Tawana shows up. Okay, we'll vote out Austin. Then Austin shows up. Then Ryan shows up. And by the end of the by the end of it leading up to tribal council, every single player on that tribe has shown up. And these three people are like, well, okay, now what do we do? Yeah, I, I really think Krista's kind of on to the fact that I, I know later in the game, Krista talks to Brianna and, and says, look, I know you were in um, Aruba. So I kind of think Krista is very sus that, that Cindy is not from their season of Survivor. Everyone there is from Pearl Islands and she's from Guatemala. So I think that that had a lot to do with it. So Krista really pushes for Cindy after all the other inactive people show up. And Krista ends up getting her way uh, and Cindy goes home. Krista really is like an overplayer to the max on this early tribe and into the merge. Yeah, she comes out strong here and she doesn't stop. And she knows she comes out strong. She knows she has a history of coming out strong. And then um, later we see her complaining to everybody about how she thinks she might have come on too strong. (laughs) (laughs) Self-fulfilling prophecy. So going on to episode two on the Amurano tribe, Krista casts a hinky vote because she couldn't get crazy enough. After pushing through her own vote, she decides to throw in another wrench into the uh, plans. So then everyone goes on a witch hunt to find out who voted for Andrew. Ryan comes on and says that he won't be available at future challenges. I guess he got like, uh, who knows? Like it's going to, I think it was a work schedule thing or something. Yeah. Something comes up. He's not going to be there. And Lil wants to keep him around anyway. Classic. Never a good idea. The seven deadly sins challenge happens this time with Lil and Amanda as the tribe leaders. Iconic. Lil, Andrew, and Krista solidify and bring in Tawana as their fourth. Omarano wins the Seven Deadly Sins because Amanda, she makes some weird calls. I think she put chicken as like anger. Yeah, she gets uh, angry. Angry chicken is is the first is the first one, and her tribe never gets it. But what's more interesting is that Omarano breaks this challenge because they used the alphabet strategy. Yes. Which I loathe. Um, Yeah, a couple of times this happens. We try to push for it not to happen, try to find a creative way around it, which is also why I don't like talking about it. (laughs) Oh, my bad. Take it out. No, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just thought it was funny, though, too, because like the... The, the tribe that wins, Amarona, like they talk, they're like, yeah, our strategy worked. Oh, that was so easy what, that the tribe used the reason behind why uh, Amarano gets everything right right away. Right. And so I thought it was funny that Dave like loses his shit over Amanda's picks, not unlike Gretchen's picks in the first season. This was interesting. He thinks that she was throwing it for her partner and he's on the war path to get her out because of it. And he's actually not the only person who thinks that. Uh, Krista on the other tribe thinks that he was throwing the challenge for someone on her tribe. So it's kind of interesting how the partners play into it in that way. But he aggressively goes after Amanda and Amanda almost like at first because they were in alliance together. She was almost like trying to work with him anyway. But like he pushes so hard for it that eventually she caves and she's like, I got to get him out. Yeah, because they had a complete inactive and the fact that PG had not shown up basically at all. And so everybody was hoping at first to just be like, "Okay, easy PG boot. And then Dave's like, no got to get Amanda out and to, to the point where finally, as you said, Amanda kind of had to be like, well, I guess we should probably vote out 
Dave if this is what he's going to do. Yeah. And I think it was much easier for her to get the votes on board, given that she was so close with Courtney um, and Chicken and a few of the other ones, James. So it was just Dave was barking up the wrong tree, I think. It's a close vote, but Dave was voted out. He gets himself voted out, basically. If he had just gone along with a PG vote, it probably would have been cool. And Dave was one of those players who cracked me up, too, because he came out so fast, so strong, so hard. And then it's, it's very obvious he's just like trying to steamroll through every decision. And then when he gets voted out, his first thing he says is, oh, I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah Dave's a, Dave is a huge character and he would be in future seasons as well. But he um, he's kind of like a Shane, but more, I don't know, Shane was more go with the flow, as odd as that sounds. No, I see. What you, I know what you mean. Yeah, Shane yeah. was like aggressive, but for people, not right. just for himself. He was like the attack dog, whereas Dave was like his own person on an island. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, moving on to episode three. On Andoa, my only note is that Courtney is miserable. Uh, which, if you don't know Courtney, that's pretty much Courtney in a nutshell. <laughs> She's very much a complainer, a Debbie Downer. That's like her character, which I think goes perfectly with the rep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Courtney. Courtney's misery is is a big part of the season, and I mean, it's it's a big part of basically any season she's in from from what I've gathered so far. But you really see it here how, you know, this is just part of Courtney's character starting in 2008. You still get it in 2021. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So on the Amarano tribe, Krista kind of goes a little um, Dave here where she pushes really hard for a fair play blue to deflect the target off of Ryan, who, as we know, is going to be inactive at <laughs> challenges so she really pushes it uh, hard for a fair play boot which just kind of builds up to her overplaying which we'll see when they do merge which is coming up very quickly this is kind of the beginning of krista's overplaying and really we see lil take over for krista but she's very much just letting krista go crazy at this point yeah very very much just letting letting that spiral happen my own personal note was that you know krista's extra as fuck and paranoid about how extra as fuck she is and constantly (laughs) talks to her tribe members about how she's worried about them blindsiding her and how she falls into the leader role and i'm just like girl Mm. girl stop telling your tribe mates this (laughs) yeah she um she comes back for all stars and then also rivals um and of course is iconic every time she played she won't come back anymore though she's kind of ghosted me but i don't even know if she plays or anything so she's still online somewhere though um so i think she's still on uh clubs that suck which is now a forum but yeah so uh episode three this is a this is the first appearance of prisoner's dilemma right yep this is the very first prisoner's dilemma the first person to post damned which was the name of this challenge i guess before it became prisoner's dilemma will win individual immunity but the caveat is that they send their tribe to tribal council and then the other tribe becomes immune essentially but the trick is if no one takes the immunity both tribes go to council anyway where no one will be immune so uh you're kind of in a race against the clock but you don't want to set yourself up as a big threat and every time i've seen this challenge done somebody claims immunity but apparently this very first time nobody did yeah usually someone does um and and even now players anticipate it coming so they're you know assuming they'll take it It, i have seen it a few times where it's not the only season where this happens but it is interesting that on the very first chance no one took it i also think that has to do with the fact that there's two inactives on either tribe who spoiler get voted out no one takes immunity pg and fair play are voted out i mean fair play even asks to be voted out yes 
so after that, we merge. <laughs> it's, like, it's a really early merge, but I mean, it's a s- cast of 16, so a merge at 12 isn't, isn't super out of the question. But, you know, right. yeah, three episodes in, we've, congrats, we've merged. Everybody's expecting a swap, and that's not what they get. <laughs> yeah, it's a, um, a double boot and then a merge, which uh, with 16 people is very quick. I wonder, too, like, this season must have only been 18 days. Anyway, so. 22. 22 days. Very okay. short. Well, we stretched it. So let's see. I'll just run through all the facts of this merge and you let me know if you have any comments. The tribes merge into one tribe of 12 called Panoba, wearing blue. Krista is singled out as the most threatening and becomes paranoid when she finds this out. Courtney goes out on a limb and makes a cross-tribal alliance with Tawana, who happens to be Amanda's number one partner. Um, and after going back and forth, which seemed endless, uh, Courtney and Amanda it finally... It really did. <laughs> yeah, like it really took them like, way too long to reveal this. Uh, very untrusting people. Uh, but after after going back and forth, Courtney and Amanda finally reveal that their partners are Lil and Tawana, and the four of them make a partner's alliance across tribes. Courtney pushes James to reveal his partner to join the six-person alliance. James and Ryan end up joining that into a six-person cross-tribal partner alliance. Ryan really doesn't have to like lift a finger this game. He's like, hey guys, I can't be here for challenges or any of the live events. And everybody's like, okay, we'll keep you safe. Congrats. Here's all the alliances you're in. Yeah, Ryan the rat. We'll get to know more of him being rat-tastic in the near future. A rat fink. <laughs> You might say. And this is also the start of Amanda and Lil's epic fighting, which will continue throughout the merge all the way to the finale. But essentially, uh, it gets to Amanda that Lil tells Todd that Amanda is targeting him. So she confronts Lil about that. Courtney and Tawana bond over having wildcard partners, which I thought was hilarious because Lil and Amanda are the biggest uh, wildcards, uh, drama starters in the whole game, aside from maybe Krista. And it's the endurance challenge, your favorite, <laughs> your favorite that you hope to <laughs> never do. I do like the temptations aspect to these challenges, but yeah, I hope to never do an endurance of my own. <laughs> yeah, I think this one only goes on for like 57 minutes, an hour or something like that. But basically the advantages go like this. Lil opts out for uh, an advantage in the next challenge. Courtney takes the advantage to sit someone out at the next challenge, which I think is a huge advantage. Yeah, that was a really unique one. I like it. Krista takes the ability to cancel someone's vote. And the final temptation is to receive immunity for you and your partner, but neither of you will be able to vote, which is a super interesting twist because it also forces you to reveal who your partner is. So lots of like double-edged swords to taking this immunity instead of playing for the other immunity. I think it's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting dynamic, especially because like you're you're giving up your vote as well and you're revealing your partner where you might not necessarily like have the opportunity to check that with your partner before you go ahead and make that decision since only one person is claiming the immunity. But I think it worked out for the people who got it. Well, I like that Krista was like, Todd, take the immunity. We need it. Yeah. (laughs) She had already (laughs) revealed who her partner was, basically. But it ended up working out for her because they both get the immunity. Um, So they will be individually immune without the ability to vote. But Amanda wins this challenge. Krista says she took immunity because she was terrified of Amanda. Uh, And it was a it was a good it was a good choice because uh, from what I could tell, Todd, Krista and Amanda were all three names that had been floating around before this challenge. And then all three of them end up being the people who are immune from the vote. Yes, I really think Krista goes here. She didn't. None of this happened. So she definitely needed to do that. I I thought it was interesting that Krista was so intimidated by Amanda because she thought that Amanda threw that challenge and like 
took out Dave because he crossed her. Like it was really not how that went down, but um, interesting how they built up Amanda in their heads. Well, Krista also assumes that and convinces herself that Amanda and Lil are partners. So she doesn't That's necessarily right. have the greatest that. reads on the game. <laughs> yeah. I like that. They like kind of played into that too. Oh, they played into it so hard. It was amazing. Well, mainly Lil. Lil loves fucking <laughs> But yeah, for this one, basically that partner alliance decides, well, we're going to keep up appearances and just vote tribal lines for this first for this first tribal. So nobody suspects we're working together. Mm-hmm. Krista nullifies Courtney's vote and Chicken is voted out. <laughs> Chicken could have been an iconic character. I'm just going to say that. Uh, in episode five, Krista wonders if Lil is mad at her for targeting Amanda since she is her partner. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, they're not partners. <laughs> the Partners Alliance is pissed that Lil wants Austin out next instead of Krista. So basically, they all agree to boot an Amarano after they booted Chicken. So Lil's trying to push the vote off of Krista. And her reasoning is that, you know, she's she can control Krista and she just likes to fuck with her. Yeah, literally her reasoning was, it's it's funny to watch her squirm. Like, the more paranoid we get her, the, the more entertaining it is. I think her quote here is, Part of this game's appeal is the opportunity to inflict mental distress on someone else for your own gratification. Yeah, honestly, if you can go back and uh, reread this season, at least skim for Lil's confessionals, because they're iconic. Lil is a cold-hearted bitch, and she will own every bit of that. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, she calls her, herself a sociopath, which was fun. So Courtney wants to give Amirano their choice of boot since they have the majority. So basically this boot, since they booted chicken, it's now Amirano's time. And Amanda is really bucking back, doesn't want to give Lil any power, wants uh, Krista gone. And uh, Courtney smartly is like, OK, I agree with you, but like we just kind of have to get them to go along with us because at this point they have the numbers. Yeah. And then Lil having fun says, you know. Krista, you you should confront Amanda. You know, she's talking a lot of shit about you. Amanda, you should confront Krista. She's she's talking a lot of shit about you. You should do it publicly in a thread so everybody else can see it. And they do. Yes. Just to run through some of the little nuances I picked up before we get to that thread, because it's a doozy. Uh, Lil calls Amanda uptight to her face. <laughs> and Amanda starts Amazing. losing her, her mind in confessionals. <laughs> uh, she calls Lil a fat cow and a cunt. As she continues to lose her mind every confessional over the next day, mainly at Lil. Krista tells Tawana that Lil is targeting Amanda. Meanwhile, Lil thinks it's hilarious. So basically, Krista kind of outs that Lil is feeding her information, which describes Amanda more crazy. I did like this quote from Courtney. Courtney in the middle. It's a new sitcom. Not only sitcom reference this season, but basically Courtney's having to play the middleman between Lil and Amanda, who absolutely hate one another. And of course, Amanda's his number one ally and Lil is his partner. So it's kind of stuck. It says Lil may have gone too far as Krista leaks that there is a partner's alliance and Courtney gets spooked. Uh, but ultimately it falls back on Ryan. Courtney sits Krista out of the challenge. Lil wins immunity. And Krista says that she knows Lil is setting her up. But Courtney and Amanda agree that Lil is shit stirring and playing both sides against one another. So basically Lil has kind of gone a little too far. She's kind of outed too much information in trying to stoke the fire of both sides. And it's starting to backfire on her. Like she cares. Uh, she, she ends up not because, of course, this is when, uh, quote unquote, the battle of the bitches begins where Krista calls out Amanda 
Wanda in public. And then those two kind of just go after one another. And this is where Lil admits to being a sociopath who screws with people just to do it. Of course, at the tribal council, Krista does end up getting voted out. And I think a, a big part of that is because it started to hinder Lil's game. So I think she knew it was time for her to go. This is the first instance of Ratfink Bastards, which will keep popping up. Yes, that comes up because of Ryan leaking that cross-tribal alliance to Krista, but not accurately. He doesn't give her all the details because she still thinks Amanda and Lil are partners throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Krista, you know, I don't know. She wasn't the best game player, but God love her. She was entertaining. In the next episode, Lil regrets pushing too hard with her gameplay and getting Krista booted. Amanda, of course, is celebrating and says, fuck with Amanda and your toast. Kind of going on a power trip, going back to... It was almost like, you know, Krista said, well, if you fuck with Amanda, you're going home. And then Amanda kind of leaned into that and just became that character. Yep. Which was great for us. Andrew and Austin make a call out thread, calling Amanda an a manipulative bitch and Austin crawls out Lil, Ryan, and T as having flipped on Amarano. So really, they kind of know the writing's on the wall after everyone votes out Krista. And this is really where you kind of see Andrew step up. Andrew, mm-hmm. of course, will go on to win this season, spoiler alert. And this was kind of where he really saw how he did that, because really he was kind of the level-headed voice of reason throughout this, as well as being pretty good at the immunities. Andrew vents how everyone's stupid and he's probably going home, but Lil fucks with them more by blaming it all on Austin. <laughs> so basically, Austin's saying it's all Lil, uh, and Lil's just like, no, it wasn't me, it was Austin. Uh, and Andrew kind of doesn't know who to believe, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah, Lil, Lil really goes overboard in the blaming Austin, and she continues to get Andrew to, I think, Andrew at least trusts her to an extent and wants to work with her, because he's kind of put in a r- rough spot here. He has no choice but to kind of rely on these people who have already gone against him to a point, like not him specifically, but if you're thinking OG tribal lines, they kind of went against him. And his job is basically convincing them to turn away from the Partners Alliance and turn back to people like him and Austin. Mm Mm-hmm. Tawana approaches Lil saying that Courtney and Amanda are calling the shots and wants to swing back to Amarano after the next boot. So this is the start of the double cross, the epic double cross. And one of the reasons for this, too, is because Courtney loves loves her game theory and basically brings up like every possible final four scenario to Tijuana and Lil and like the, the ones that include each other and exclude each other. And she's basically like just bringing up every possible scenario of the six to get to four. And they compare notes and are like, wait, she's telling us two different things. Yeah, I really thought it was interesting, mainly because it's not only a partner season where there's like a cross tribal alliance, but these are also uh, a lot of friends that are coming into this. So to have Tawana backstab Amanda or anticipate to, I thought was super interesting. And I don't think she got enough credit for making that move. But really, it's kind of all her idea. Yeah, something I think doesn't necessarily stick out in this that we haven't talked about and doesn't necessarily stick out in the episodes is I think Tijuana might have been like the strategic mastermind of the season. Definitely. And, you know, you'll have to talk more about it when we get to the end because the last episode's not really flushed out, but... I feel like she gets 
backstabbed pretty hard because she i think she probably would have won the season had she made the end mm-hmm. definitely yes yeah tawana is definitely like the front runner i think even though she does end up backstabbing her friend amanda amanda kind of like forgives her and um they have a yeah weird... i think they have like a whole conversation about betraying each other and how they'll be okay with it sort of thing right but to get back into this before we get too far ahead little coins rat fink bastards is the alliance name for the six and wants to sign the votes you've been rat finked which is really just going to piss everyone off when they're writing that for <laughs> lil and she fucks them all over but is hilariously ironic considering uh she betrays all james and amanda this is where they start to become concerned about omarano flipping back and brings those concerns to tawana who kind of like deflects but that's totally what she was planning finally andrew wins immunity and courtney has to miss because she got into a car accident uh and lil says i hope you don't die <laughs> So that was great. With like an evil smiley face. Brianna's voted out. Yeah, that was a pretty easy vote. Just a unanimous. Yes. Uh, The next episode, Lil is pissed that Courtney might quit over her car accident before she has the chance to vote her out, which I thought was hilarious. Andrew wins immunity again. And Lil uses this opportunity to rush the vote to take out Courtney so that she can actually vote her out instead of her like quitting. And it's revealed after Courtney's voted out that she lied about being in a car wreck and plans to use it to guilt the jury against Lil, which will end up happening. Amazing. Iconic. Not the last time this happens where someone lies about being into a car wreck (laughs) it's the first time (laughs) yes courtney gave us so much gold this first season first of many tropes moving on to episode eight once courtney's voted out shit hits the fan amanda confronts her real life friend tawana uh, who just betrayed her there's another call out thread this time with amanda going after her former allies this is where Amanda's confessionals are really funny, too, because she calls herself Queen Cunt of the Universe. And she's like, fuck everyone. I am not holding back. Here are my thoughts. And everyone can go die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just an iconic season, really. Tawana wins individual immunity. And then there's a twist going on. Uh, it looks like Amanda's going to be booted. But there was going to be a double boot where the person voted off gives immunity to someone uh, for the next tribal council. But since Todd quit the game, he decided to give individual immunity to Amanda after that first tribal council. So then James gets voted out instead of Amanda. Yeah, that was kind of sad, but I was happy Amanda survived. And then, of course, that ends the partners. So um, Amanda and Tawana both get hidden immunity idols now. Yeah, because I think the plan was they had been planning for a while for James and Ryan to be the last surviving partners and for them to get the idols. But this kind of gets messed up. And there's also a vote here from Ryan against Andrew, I think. And that gets a ton of attention because he leaves it as a (laughs) pre-vote because he's not there when all of this goes down live. And uh, everybody everybody gets on him about it. Right. Tawana wins immunity. Ryan is voted out after doing yet another hinky vote and then we're into the finale with five people and and amanda and tiwana don't even need to play their idols for the ryan vote out i think they both bluff them pretty hardcore and and their people are trying to get them to use the idols but they're not willing to put their votes there because they don't want to risk getting voted out themselves right so that leads us to the finale with Andrew, Lil, Amanda, Tawana, and Austin still in. 
Amanda wins individual immunity at the final four and Austin ends up going home. I think that's when Tawana plays her immunity. Not sure. Oh, I have it written that Tawana wins the immunity challenge and oh, she did. Yeah. And then Austin's eliminated, but Amanda still doesn't play her idol, even though it's her last chance. She's just that confident. She doesn't need it. And she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I t- this part's fuzzy we don't have this written down i'm pretty sure i remember i think that there was a hidden immunity idol up until final four because i want to say there was an idol shootout i distinctly remember that happening where tawana won immunity and then it was between amanda or lil who would go home and both of them had to play in immunity um but there was like it couldn't be anyone else i don't it was vague but like i know that they both had to shoot out who would play it first as to determine who would go home and amanda ends up playing it after lil so oh, interesting i think tawana gave the hidden immunity gave to her lil. immunity idol to lil because she won immunity yes that's what i'm oh, pretty okay. sure happens and so i think those two have like an idol shootout and lil plays it first not normally how it goes, but like apparently there was no other option during that time. I think we didn't want to have like Andrew go home by default. So that was like the the compromise. It was a number fuck up. I don't know. That's fascinating because, yeah, I do have it written that it was two votes Lil and two votes Amanda. And so my question is like, well, why did Andrew vote Lil out? Um, right. Because that's what it was in the records. And I was like, and who won immunity? And how did Amanda get eliminated between the two with the tiebreaker? No, I really remember that. I know there was an idol shootout, so I'm pretty sure Tawana gives her idol to Lil and instead of like just having Andrew go by default we had them like whoever could play it the fastest got to do that and so Lil plays it first and Amanda goes home not the best way to end this saga but still iconic that these I mean it's bitches... pretty epic to have it come down to a to a race for the idol play yeah super iconic that these two bitches that hated one another the entire season made it all the way to the final four together in the final three I know Lil wins immunity mm-hmm. and betrays Tawana, who was probably going to win. And so we're left with Andrew and Lil and an entire jury of people that absolutely hate Lil. <laughs> so I know that that travel council is a bloodbath of people just shitting all over Lil, which to be fair, you know. And so Tawana doesn't end up casting a jury vote from what I can tell. Does she just like quit the game or something? Like... What happened? Do you remember what happened there? So I remember, I can remember talking to Amanda on like AIM or something. And she was like, oh, she's just pissed. She'll be back for the final. And then like, she never did, you know? So that would be my guess. So she did just, she just got super salty and fucked off the board. That's what I think happened. Yes. Love it. And I mean, to be fair, she she did say, like, I think in an earlier confessional, she was basically like saying how pissed she would be if, if Lil ended up betraying her at the end, which is exactly <laughs> what Lil does. Because Lil and Tuana, like, basically played the game together the whole time. I mean, it's Lil, though. Like, she fucked up. Oh, you for know. sure. Yeah, Lil she did not care who Krista. she fucked over. <laughs> she betrayed Courtney, like, a, who got into a car wreck. Like, of course she was going to fuck you over at the end. So... Andrew gets it but I do feel like I don't think like Andrew was the like I, I didn't think and this is might get some hate but I didn't think it was like a Russell Hance Natalie White situation like I, I think Andrew played a really solid game too I just think Lil played the crap out of it but she pissed everyone off you know <laughs> so like yeah like I don't think Andrews was a very exciting winner at least reading through the recaps like he didn't 
he was obviously had a good head on his shoulders, but was very much just that kind of under the radar, like not necessarily on the right side of things without too much power, but making it through and being active the whole time. And so he didn't do anything particularly like crazy or exciting or rootable, but you know, he was competent and he had, you know, a head for strategy. And I, I think he probably explained himself very well in the final tribal council. Yeah, he, he was a good winner. I just think he's the typical winner. You know, he's like, if you could prototype a winner, that would be definitely him. 100%. Very run of the mill org survivor winner. <laughs> right. But really crazy how this season went with like the cross tribal partners that ended up screwing each other over and like screwing their best friends over. I mean, really like an exciting season filled with our biggest character, like really our biggest characters. And Lil still gets three votes at the end. It was a four to three vote. It wasn't like it was some huge blowout that everybody hated Lil so much they wouldn't vote for her. It was just, you know, key votes like Courtney and Amanda, you know, obviously mm-hmm. went against Lil. And then Ryan and Brianna were the other votes for Andrew. And I think all of those make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, it was pissing off Courtney that probably did it the most. I mean, I know Courtney really campaigned against her. Especially with the car accident thing. (laughs) Yes. And this is the birthplace of the Scooby-Doo reveal. So was Lil the one Courtney was accusing of doing a Scooby-Doo reveal? I think so. because Interesting, because I'm I'm not sure if I saw Lil as that kind of character. No, when you think of the quintessential Scooby-Doo reveal, it's Andrew, right? Yeah, you'd think it would be somebody more like Andrew or or say had like Ryan gotten to the end and been like, I was the mastermind the whole time. That would be pretty Scooby-Doo reveal. But maybe, (laughs) you know, because I I mean, again, I don't have the records here, but I could see like Lil maybe talking about some of more subtle things she did to instigate fights or something like that and maybe them being like nah bitch we just hated each other anyway you didn't really do much yeah i i get that maybe lil tried to play off a lot of what her game moves as better than what they were you know and everyone was like like, more more strategic instead of being just like what they were which which were just for fun basically yeah (laughs) like she played she played the game to cause chaos and then got to the end and maybe tried to wrap it up as strategy Uh, definitely Definitely that. And I mean, when I think about like iconic stranded players, Lil is up there. Like when I think of all time best stranded players for entertainment value, Lil's top three and Amanda ain't far behind that. I can see it. I can see it a hundred percent reading through these. It's like, where did you find this person? Yeah, like that that type of play not come along often, if ever, like very rarely. Well, like I said, she's in top three. So three times, <laughs> 40 seasons. But even like, I, I mean, Amanda's crazy. Courtney is iconic. Chris is mm-hmm. insane. I only wish we ha- could have had Courtney here to talk about Lil, because I'm sure there would have been some choice words. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Courtney's commentary is probably something, you know, very, um, uh, very negative. <laughs> very complainy you know typical courtney fair but overall i I really i always rate this season very high it's not like it's my all-time favorite but it's certainly up there as an iconic season with some of our best casts for sure yeah i mean the characters really make the season here because on its surface it's you know it's a 16 player short game no swap early merge but it is a entertaining ride of just all of these 
over players for the most part, I think, is what you really see. You get people overplaying and doing things unnecessarily rather than maybe not doing enough. And, and it's kind of interesting. I wonder if we were to do a 16-person season now, how that would turn out. I, I think it's nice because even this season, I mean, the, the actives made up for it, but it had its own share of inactivity for sure. So that's kind of the benefit of a larger cast. But certainly when the big characters are on these small casts, they stand out massively. So that's kind of a, another benefit of a smaller cast. So, you know, I look back very fondly on this season. I always recommend people check it out. Do you have any thoughts that we didn't talk about? I think we covered most everything I had. I just want to echo that. Yeah, this was another one we're having the episode recaps really worth the read. I mean, I was not bored. I took extra time, probably more time than needed to just really read through these and laugh at most of what I was reading and trying to figure out like how everything happened. And you picked a lot of really great quotes for these, uh, for this particular season's recaps. So I would definitely recommend people go back and check them out because it's definitely worth the read. <laughs> yeah, um, but certainly hopefully this podcast gives people a better idea. This this was really a historic season, no pun intended, because it starts so much of the foundation of Stranded, really. Yeah, again, yeah, the season did, it seemed to like progress pretty smoothly in a way where it's like, okay, yeah, this is a Stranded season. And there's just so much in it where you can tell like, okay, this inspired later seasons, you know, this this is really what the hosts wanted to get out of a stranded season. I think you got it here. Yep. So I think that's going to do it for Stranded in Peru. I had so much fun reliving this season. I think going forward, we might be able to breeze through some of the next few because uh, we don't have a ton of information, but we'll, we'll wing it. We'll go off of my ever degrading memory on what happened. <laughs> yeah, we basically have all voting records, but that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we can get some like player testimonials and um, something to add some information to what we have because it's limited. But at the very least, we'll we'll breeze through them to catch up to at least a little bit more modern Stranded and fill in those gaps as best we can. So with that, I think that's going to do it for Stranded in Peru. Thank you, Lavita, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Toodaloo. Bye.